Welcome back for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Tim Shields, and I am joined by my co-host and partner, Wayne Breezy Brown. Uh, coming back at you after a Game 7 victory against Philadelphia um, on the heels of a historic record-setting performance by Jason Tatum. 51 points, the most in a Game 7 in NBA history. But before we crack into that, Wayne, how are we feeling today, man? Man, you know I'm feeling good, baby. You know, uh, the Celtics went out and did their thing. They closed out the series just like we felt like they were going to do. We thought it was going to be in five games. We thought it was going to be in six games. And it had took seven games. It took Jason Tatum to go literally LeBron James. And I know people don't like when I use that term. I don't know if Tatum had the red eyes. But if I say he went LeBron James... He went LeBron James, I mean, and, and he closed that series out. So shout out to the Celtics. They're moving on. Bring on the heat. The heat is on, baby. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's a familiar opponent. So it, the one thing I will say is it's a little bit of a different situation for both of these teams, right? Like, it's overall, like, the Celtics added to their roster. Derek White got more comfortable. You added Malcolm Brogdon. Rob is a lot healthier, so I think that adds some more wrinkles to it. I think you're going to be seeing a little bit more of a a change in the way that they're going to attack things because they've got the ability to throw more bodies out there. But my initial thought is, I really wish that they weren't playing the Heat. Because, <laughs> like, look, like I, I think that they could beat them. And my I've said this before, but my my heart is telling me five games. My brain is telling me six games because Eric Spolstra is a fantastic coach. I think you could probably argue, despite how good Joe Missoula has been as a rookie Greenhorn head coach, Spolstra is still the best coach that's left in the playoffs. He's arguably the best coach of the NBA. Um, there's not many people you can put in the same airspace in terms of accolades, reputation, the ability to adjust. I mean, the Miami Heat, by all accounts, should probably not be where they're at right now, right? Based on their injuries and everything. And not having Tyler Harrow, too. Like, I think looking at this series, like, the fact that they're even able to get to where they are without a key guy like that, and they lost him in what? Game one of the playoffs? He got hurt game one. They went out. They took the freaking Bucks down in five. They beat the Knicks in a very physical series in six games. Like, whether you think the talent's there or not, like, this is a tough tough Miami team. Yeah, they're a tough team. I mean, they did lose Hero. I don't think he's uh, going to be returning for this series. Uh, if he do, it's probably going to be more tailored toward the end if we go seven games. Uh, but they are, I think, believe from what I read, from the reports that I read, he is looking to return if there's going to be, you know what I'm saying, in the finals. So, um, But the difference between the teams that you mentioned uh and the Celtics, the Celtics are a healthy team. And they're probably the healthiest team in the playoffs. And, like, the one thing about the Celtics, they've been battle-tested, whereas the Miami Heat haven't been battle-tested, you know? And so they beat the Bucks in five. Giannis had the injury, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you take away a person's best player, typically you're, you should come out on top. With us, even though Joel Embiid was lingering with the with the knee issues and things like that, he still was their best player, like, every night except for the last game, like, on the court. Like, he was still putting up 30-plus points, 27 points. He was putting up points every single game. Uh, so the Heat got past them, and then they, they did go physically. Uh, but it was the Knicks. 
And I'm not taking away anything from the Knicks. The Knicks don't have the experience. The Knicks don't. Like, they're still building. And I think the Knicks are relevant now. So New York is back, baby. New York is back. Matter of fact, New York had two teams in the playoffs this year. The Nets and the Knicks. So, so... New York is going to be there if they continue to build their team properly. Um, but now you're coming into a complete team. And I get it, Tim. None of us want to play Jimmy Butler just because we know that Jimmy is going to bring it. He's going to it's going to be one night where he can't bring it. I don't know why. I don't know. It just it's, it's, it happens. One night he's going to be look like, okay, he's, he's a regular person. Every other night he's going to look like a machine. And so how do the Celtics – Figure that out. I feel like their addition with the Kevin Love situation, I mean, they're going to get the stretch game going. They're kind of built like the Celtics. Kind of built like the Celtics. Kind of. Kind of. I, I think the one thing I I probably, when I'm looking at Miami, is they don't have a lot of true center depth. So, like, Kevin Love, the best thing that he can do is he can stretch the floor, right? You know, he's a savvy veteran. He knows what it takes to win. You don't have a real center behind Bam out of bio. And the way that I look at that matchup, you just got to take Bam out of the pick and roll. Like, I, I, that's the one thing that they did right against Philly. And we do, there is something I do want to talk about Philly with because okay. we did call this. Um, I'll finish this thought and then we'll get to that really quick. So they took that pick and roll with Harden and Embiid and they neutralized it towards the end of that series. And that's what ended up being a big swing. I know he's just going to do that. Uh, for anyone listening to audio, it's just the cat in the background. He's doing his thing. He's, he's um, too cute. Oh man. He's a pain in the butt. So with that pick and roll for the 76ers, you go ahead and neutralize that. All of a sudden you change the entire offensive attack of Philly. And it really like you look at that game seven, Harden and Embiid just combined for, what, 24 points on sub-50% shooting? They don't look good. And then you got guys, you know, sort of kind of playing the blame game of we all need to be better, no one can do it alone, and including the two stars who didn't show up when their team needed them. So looking at this Miami series, Jimmy Butler is the guy that I worry about, but Bam Adebayo is a close second because – if you force him instead of like letting him create for other people where he's going to, you know, get going in a pick a roll, get ahead of steam, go to the rim and either score there or the defense collapses, leave somebody open like Max Struess or a, a Duncan Robinson or a Gabe Vincent open on the wing. You know, you want to force that guy into like mid range jumpers and three point shots like you can live with a bam out of bio three. You can live with him taking, you know a midi, a contested midi. You don't want to give them open shots, but taking away that pick and roll, it, it, it's going to change this offense immensely because you don't have another creator out there. When you look at this roster, there's not a lot of guys who can create their own shot, and that's where you really miss a guy like Tyler Hero because that guy can hit threes and he can create his own looks. For as From a Celtics perspective, I'm just happy he's not there because you don't have to worry about him potentially Correct. just going nuclear because he is capable of doing that. Guy was sixth man of the year. Did he win or was he just a – I think he was a winner. He won last year, I think, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think he won last year. I mean, fantastic player. And uh, his that's really a big, big loss for Miami when you look at this series in particular because – this is going to be a test for Miami as much as it is Boston. Like, the Knicks were a net zero. Like, their offense and their defense just whoosh, completely across the board. Yeah, and I just I wanted to confirm that he did win it uh, last year. Tyler mm -hmm. Hero was the sixth man of the year, so I just wanted to confirm that. 
but look, the, the Celtics, they need they figured it out, right? Like they they figured it out. They they figured out, okay, Rob, you're healthy. You got to get back into the lineup. It's double big time. It's it's double big or go home. Um, it doesn't make sense to go backwards. If I'm, you know, Coach Missoula, you figured out something. Um, Rob is bringing you energy night in and night out. And it's the playoffs. I mean, I mean, if you get hurt in the playoffs, you get hurt in the playoffs. But at least you got hurt in the playoffs. And I'm not wishing that on, on our guys. I'm just saying if it happens, it happens. But at this point, it's this is how you want your team to come out. It allows Derek White to get back into his role off the bench. It allows Malcolm Brogdon to do what he does off the bench. And I feel like the Celtics are just better defensively when they play with the double bigs. Is it me or does Al Horford play like a different monster when he trusts the center? And I know that's not a word, but when he trusts the center that's out there, he trusts, he clearly trusts Rob. He knows Rob is going to be able to shift and rotate and close out on certain things and he can play more aggressive. I think the issue with Al in that last series before Rob started to start was the fact that he felt like he had to be in three spots at one time. And yep. we're, we're talking we're, we're talking grumpy old man Al, Al <laughs> Horford, right? He's getting into that stage of his career. Al, you're still a young guy. It's funny because you're still younger than me. But at the end of the day, that that's how I look at NBA players. They age in their 30s. Uh, their bodies, they kind of just give out. And so you saw that, and it was just like, Tim, something is going really well for us. And the fact that, you know, Jason Tatum was able to turn the button on. He ignited the button game six. Uh, he goes on that crazy scoring streak to help win that game. And then there was no looking back in game seven. And I was so kind of tight. I mean, I, I know a lot of historians, especially Bostonian historians, didn't want him to break Havlicek's record. But damn it, he only needed five more points. And it was plenty of time. And I know you don't want to risk injury, but five points, that's, that's, that's two threes. Is that, is that Havlicek record? Is that the most um, It was Havlicek's record at 54 points. For the most in a playoff game? I think it was in a playoff game. Okay. Because I know it's, well, oh, yeah, that would make sense because technically, yeah, because it's the most in a game seven in NBA history. That's what Tatum broke. He broke Curry's record. Yeah, that Curry's that, like, and he did it more efficiently, right? I think that's the crazy thing. And you look at it again for another angle, I think he's the only player. I think I saw this on StatMuse. There's only one player in history to ever have 50 points with zero turnovers, and that's Jason Tatum. Zero turnovers. Like, you're talking about an efficient game. You know, he, he did everything that you could have asked of him to do. And I think that's huge going into this series, right? Like, you got a statement game from Tatum. Like, that was probably one of the best, if not the best game of his career. Because it looked effortless. Yes. It was clean. He wasn't forcing shots. He wasn't forcing looks. He paced the Celtics offense entirely. Like, just set the tone. Dominant. Energizing. All of the good buzzwords that you can pack into one sentence. He just was doing everything that you needed him to do. And, and going into this Miami series, they know what they're going against. They definitely have a chip on their shoulder because they think about back to the bubble, man. Like that bubble championship, there's a real chance for them to be there. All four and, teams, Tim. And, teams. and yeah, someone was talking about that. But you look at the rosters. They're just so totally different. different. And, and that ties into the matchup with specifically Miami. Not only are they missing Harrow, but they don't have P.J. Tucker anymore. You know? 
Who's oh, just tell me like off the top of your head, who's going to guard Tatum? Who's going to guard Brown? You also don't have Victor Oladipo who's out because he tore his, I he think tore. it was his MC. No, uh, meniscus. He tore his meniscus. So he's out for the rest of the season um, going into next season. And so he was a guy who actually gave Jason Tatum some issues um, big time last year. So now you don't have that guy to attack. And it's just, I'm interested to see how these teams handle things because this Celtics offense is probably the best we've seen in a while. Jason Tatum's going right now. So, like, I'm just interested to see how they handle it. The, I mean, the issue was – I don't want to say it like that, Tim, but the the reason why it appeared that we struggled mightily against the 76ers was for the longest Tatum couldn't get off pause. But you know what I'm trying to say. Three like, games of just absolute horrid starts, man. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't feel like Miami gives them those same troubles. Uh, Tatum, what Tatum was trying to do in the Philly series, he was trying to, he knew his shot wasn't falling, so he was trying to be aggressive, and he was trying to take it to take it to the, take it to the rim. And unfortunately, I mean, just Joel Embiid just being a super quick on his feet glass cleaner, uh, was just erasing some of the layups. Where I was saying to myself, Tatum, just dunk the ball. At least you'll try to draw contact whether you miss or not. Now, it might hurt trying to dunk the ball. I get why you go for layups, <laughs> you know, savor those hands. But at the end of the day, you know, we knew, you knew, I knew, most Celtic fans knew Tatum was going to have one game. Right? He's going to have a game. And so... He always it just seems like the way Philly was built, they they were built to stop Tatum and they did it successfully until they couldn't. And it it is what it is. Now, going into this Miami series, I I don't think anyone's going to give him those problems and if Tatum has that aggressive mindset and he's able to beat those guys around around that block to get to that basket, I'm expect he's gonna get to the he's gonna go off inside, which is only gonna open up the outside shots for the players. And players just gotta knock their shots down. And so, you know, we're not even talking about Jalen Brown yet, but in the in in the series against the 76ers, I mean, I want somebody else to grab his leg. Like whoever, like just do it. Because that right there changed the energy of the game. It was and that flagrant. It was it that was flagrant and hardened. Like it's just a complete momentum changer. Were you going for the soundboard? Yes, I was. <laughs> um, I got to give you the ding ding. That, that's what it was, right? And it's just like you look at Jalen Brown and you're like, man, he's really good. He 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 understands the game. Um, he under he's starting to understand how situations are set up, and he's not afraid to take shots. And I think in these playoffs. Shout out to Jalen Brown. Is it five times in six years he's been in, in the playoff in the playoffs? Yep. Jesus. That's why he's Uber U B E R confident when he shoots the ball. Whether it goes in or not, it doesn't phase him. And that's what makes Jalen Brown like electrifying. And so opening up this game in Boston is gonna be crazy on, on tomorrow night. Like I can tell you, it's gonna be packed out to the max. And don't get it twisted, right? Like, Jimmy Butler is that dude. He's that dude. He is like a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum kind of like combined. Like, he has the swag of Brown and, and the skill set of like a Tatum. 
Uh, and and, he, and then he has experience, and a lot of people aren't talking about that. And for some reason, he's not aging. At some point, you're like, damn it, he's got to be getting older, but he just doesn't. He finds ways to continue to get better. So you said neutralize, find a way to kind of like, I, for me, minimize him, but take out Bam. Like, take out Bam. No one else is going to score. They'll get a couple of threes, call it a day. My only concerns with the Celtics, uh, Tim, is can they please... For the love of God, <laughs> stop leaving people wide open. Yep, that that's that's huge. I mean, I think that's the thing you need to do. Just take away the threes. I think you force Butler to beat you. I think the the way that I look at Jimmy Butler's game is he has like that old man like back you down in the post, like gonna hit like a fader. And he took some threes, and he, you saw him take some threes against the Knicks, especially late in the game in Game Six as they were trying to close it out. Um, I caught the end of that. And that was the same time I was looking at the Warriors-Lakers game. That was a closeout game, too. And just the way that he's able to impact the game still, even at his age. And I know he tweaked his ankle at some point in the playoffs, so you have to consider that moving forward. But he's just a fantastic player. And he's capable of drawing contact. I put him and DeMar DeRozan, I've said this before, but I put him in that same vein of just, they're going to be a nuisance for you to deal with because they're just skilled. They're just so skilled. And yeah, I think you force him to beat you. I think you force, you take away the threes, you try and neutralize that Bam pick and roll, force Bam into jumpers, and and you make Jimmy Butler beat you at his own game. Because at that point, you know, the last thing I want to see the Celtics do in terms of doing all of those things, the one thing I would add to that is play with pace, you know, play, play with pace and, you know, really try and stretch the floor and run as much as you can, you know, when, you know, whenever you don't have Rob on the floor, I think we're going to see some grant minutes. You said it before though. And I think this is important. Our guys need to hit open shots. The Celtics, the Celtics role players, like guys like I need Derek White to have a bounce back series. I need Grant Williams to be a key part of this series. You need to get guys like those two and Brogdon and anybody else who's going to be wide open. Al Horford needs to have a little bit of a bounce back for shooting. But you need those guys to hit their open shots because all you're going to see in this series is going to be you see a lot of zone. You're going to see some box and one. You're going to see two guys getting thrown at Tatum or Brown very quickly. They're going to try and throw them off like right off the jump. They're going to try and attack them early on in their offense so they start bleeding away the shot clock. That's what I expect to see because that's just kind of how well coached this Miami team is. And that's that's the only part that really scares me is you want to see how Jalen and Jason um, react to this situation. And I agree with you. I think Jalen Brown, uh, unsung hero in that game seven. Like there were some big shots that he hit, and he's never, never afraid to take those looks. You know, whatever you want to say. I mean, I'm scratching my head, though, but he's not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, like, Jalen, that's kind of deep, right? And then like, he drains it. And then you're like, all right, never mind. It's, yeah, I was just, I don't Steve even know Kerr said the same thing about Curry for a while. It was like, Curry would take a three, and he'll be like, man, like, what the hell are you doing? And, like, before he can even get the words out of his mouth, like, splash, bottom of the basket. And he's just like, all right, like, I can't even – how am I supposed to get mad at you or reprimand you if, Correct. like, they're going in? Like, every shot's good if you hit it. Curry, that's good. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Here it is. Um, so, 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 we haven't talked much about Kyle Lowry. I think I said the right name. I'm surprised I didn't say Kyle Lowry. Lowry. But <laughs> uh, if you guys watch Bad Boys, you know who Mike Lowry is. But anyway, you know, seriously, Kyle Lowry. Look, he's not the same offensive 
type of a player that he used to be uh, in his Toronto days. But he, too, is a Celtics nuisance, right? Like, he is a bugaboo. He's a gnat. He's somebody that tries to get up under the Celtics' skin. And typically, he does, I don't want to say well efficiently as far as scoring, but he does a great job at getting fouls called, right? And so we got to figure out how to negate those things as well. I mean, we got a bunch of... By no means am I saying is Miami a weak team. I don't care what Vegas odds are. Like that's bullcrap. Like that ESPN tweet. Yeah, stupid. Like none of that stuff matters. And when Jimmy Butler put out a a tweet or or Instagram video saying Boston, I'm coming. Like he literally is on his way. Like I think that one was from last year, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad. I'm hoping he don't make (laughs) a new one. Right? Because he didn't have the same here. But my point is, like, don't like don't aid and abet these guys like because they will come and they will try to punch you in the mouth and it's not the celtics it's the celtics are really good uh, as an organization they're doing their thing but i'm not worried you know i'm not worried because what storm haven't we overcome tim all year long we've been battled with adversity when it comes to injuries we get to the playoffs it the, the first series was just like why are we not closing these suckers out quick then we get to the Philly series. Why did that go seven games? We were clearly the better team, even though they had the best player on the court, arguably, right? MVP. And and, and it took us seven games. And now here we are playing the most experienced team, well, the experienced coached team and the NBA and Eric Spolstra. And so it's going to be a, a, a boxing match. So what that means is don't expect it to be over game one, game two. It's going to go back and forth. Each team is going to win a round or two. The Celtics just have to figure out how to counter and then go for the knockout. Mike Tyson is Mitch. Like, figure it out (laughs) after they beat him down and wear and tear him down a little bit. Yeah, and I think starting off strong in games one and two, you need to take those first two at home. You you can't have another situation where you're starting off a series and and you, you piss away home court because you, you struggle to close out these two games, you know? And I, I, I think Boston's capable of doing it. I, I also think that Miami, this Celtics team in, in particular, is going to show them some challenges because I think this is the most well-rounded team that's still left in the playoffs. And also compared to some of the teams, granted, these like advanced stats are going to be skewed. But again, like I said, like the Knicks' defense was like pretty solid. Their offense was pretty bad. So they ended up being like a net zero. And then the Bucks defense was just horrible. Like they have a negative net rating, but wow. there's a reason why they got bounced in five games is like they were not playing good basketball. And so I think the Celtics in terms of the way that they've had to go against opponents, like Atlanta having a sneaky offense. So the, that whole series felt like a shootout because again, like, you like is like you said, the Celtics struggled to close out games that they should have. And, and the Philly series went far too long because you struggled to close out James Harden. You let shooters get open. And, and it took you to being on the brink of elimination to get your heads out of your asses. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it took that long. And so, you know, I, I'm hoping that after Tatum's performance and the way that the team rallied in game six and seven, especially with a massive blowout in game seven, like got to come ready into game one. And, Al Horford also did something apparently during this uh, today's practice. So today being uh, Tuesday, um, they had practice. Apparently Al Horford kind of rallied the troops because, you know, 
because we're playing a little bit loose, Malcolm Brogdon said, you know, Al Horford kind of brought everybody together and said, tighten it up. And, you know, he's been that voice of leadership this year. That's and I think that's, I think that's big going into this, you know, this particular series is you need leadership to be vocal, whether it's Al, whether it's Jalen, whether it's Marcus, whether it's Tatum, like everybody wanting to say, hey, let's get this right. Let's get this tone right. Let's attack this game seriously. They know that they need to bring their A game against Miami. And so I'm hoping they just don't come out. And, look, you lose game two. Okay, fine. Miami's going to punch right. back, but you got to take game one gotta at the very minimum. One. Set the tone early. Yeah, and and <clears throat> what am I trying to say? The Celtics, it's weird. Their home record has been good. It's just in these playoffs. They, they come out not flat. Flat is the wrong word. They don't come out as serious is the word that, that I'm kind of, or the phrase that I'm looking for. It's like they kind of playing with these jokers don't play with the Jokers. Put them to bed. Right from the beginning of the game, you set it best, set the tone, and then put these suckers right to bed. You don't want to give them any good juju. And actually, you want them to come out game two after you beat them down in game one, trying to fire back, and then you find a way to overcome that. Celtics yep. need to take the first two games at home. Then you're playing with house money. So now... You can either keep keep it ramped up. You could get more in their head when you head down to Miami for those next two games. But the Celtics need to look out, look look to figure out a way how to sustain this lead with a 2-0 lead going into Miami. And there's no doubt in my mind that that's not that's what they're going to do. I just got this feeling like they're, you know, they're just. A, I don't know what it was with Philly. It was the rivalry. There's no really big rivalry with Miami. Really? You think there is? I think so. Okay. All right. It's well, not let's... as it's not as historical as the Philly one to me. So the only reason I push back against that is because obviously LeBron went to Miami. You had that infamous <laughs> performance in game six by LeBron, like yeah, one of the most I mean, he had 17 all-stars on his team at the time. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. But what I'm saying is, is like, that's historical. Like, okay, that's that going historical. back that far. Okay. And, and then you also look at the recency with this team. This is the third time in the past four years that these teams have met in the Eastern Conference Finals. They met in the bubble. Yeah. They met last year. Now they met this year. It's not enough, Tim. Like, <sighs> like, and, and the words I don't of know, Paul man. Pierce, this ain't no rivalry. <laughs> like, you I know mean, what I mean? I get but what you're is. saying. But I get is. what you're saying. Like, I, I only acknowledge the fact because, like, at this point now, like, it's been these two teams facing off three of the past four years. Like, that's consistently there, you I know? Tell you what. Everybody that's watching the show, inside the comments. Oh, yeah. Let us know let in the comments. If you think that this is a rivalry, Miami uh, and Boston, we would love to know from your thoughts. I feel like historically it's not. Tim feels like after history, it's been bang, bang the past decade. So you know what, Tim? It's past two decades. So Tim could be right. I could be right. We want to know from you, though. You guys are right. I think if you're taking a dive in the Wayback Machine, you're going back to like the 80s and stuff and the 70s, then yeah, you're talking Philly. Like, I think that's like a long, long history rivalry there. Right. But I think in terms of like the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s, yeah, I feel like it's definitely the, like the Heat and the Celtics. I'm interested though to see how long that lasts because Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler getting long in the tooth. How long is that going to go on for? 
They're going to have to blow up this roster at some point. Like, yeah. what's going to happen? What happens if you fall short again this year? And so, like, those got to be the thoughts that are lingering in the back of that whole team's mind. I know that this rematch was on their mind. Max Struess said as much, um, I think, in the practice that they had the other day. So it must have been uh, Monday. Monday they were having this practice. So this Miami team's got some motivation coming into this. And I want to pose this question to you before we wrap up. Two questions. One, what is your official prediction in terms of games? Obviously, we're both going to say Celtics, but like in how many games? And then two, who is your X factor for both teams? It's a great question. I, I want the Celtics to win this in five. But that's what I want. I, but you know what? I have a funny feeling it's going to go seven games. And who, like, it, it's the Celtics will have a lead. Miami will push back because it's a rivalry. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's going to end back in Boston. See how we did that there? <laughs> and seven games. I, I, it's going to go seven games. It's going to be great for the NBA. It's going to be great for both cities. It's going to be great for the fans that can't get to both cities. And so I want this. I, I don't want it to go seven games, but I just got this funny feeling that it's going to go seven games. And as far as X factors, uh, I mean, you already know Tatum is going to be the guy and Jimmy Butler is going to be the guy. If I, you, you got to figure out how to, I, I hate three point shots, especially when they're coming from the opposing team. And so you got to figure out how to negate, but you got to figure out how to negate Duncan and you got to figure out how to negate Kevin Love because that's all he's going to do. It's all they're, they're known for now. They're, they're, they're not the inside. He's not an inside the paint guy anymore. He's going to be looking for threes. And the only thing that scares me about our Celtics is they leave shooters open, which I don't know why. And so don't leave him open. Right. And so mm -hmm. those might be those kind of X factors to help him win those kind of games. The cool thing is, you don't have to worry about Jimmy Butler taking a three-point shot like James Harden. That ain't his game. No. But if you give this motherfucker a little bit of space in the corner, he's shooting it up and it's going in. <laughs> so it's like, that's where he's going to be. That's where he's going to shoot. Yeah. So. Who's your X factor for the Celtics? And Good it doesn't question. have to be any of the main guys. Like, think of someone I, on the bench I, or the rotation you think is going to step up. I, I think Grant is going to get more minutes and Grant is going to have – this is Grant's – playoffs right here he's fresh as heaven he's fresh as heck right he has and he's going to be ready to come in and do one thing hustle and shoot the open shot because he's mm -hmm. going to be left open i think grant has three good games in this series i like that prediction i like that um i don't think it's going to go seven in terms okay. of this series i i'm sticking with this my my heart says five. My brain says six. I I think the two the first two games are going to tell us a lot. But I think non biased, being fair to Miami and how good of a team they are, I, I think this goes six games. I think this goes six games uh, with the Celtics taking it. So we'll see how they respond. I think that's really those first two games are going to tell us a lot of where this series is going, and in terms of the margin of victory. Uh, you know it's going to be physical, and I just want to see how the Celtics kind of deal with that, how they counter, how's the three-point shooting, and, and mainly outside of the big-name guys who's going to perform. In terms of X-Factors, I think Kyle Lowry's going to be a pain in the ass. 
if he is healthy, if he's able to stay on the floor, if that shot's falling, he's going to be such a nuisance. He's going to draw foul calls. He's going to play chippy. You know, he's going to throw his body around. He's going to try and draw charges on pick and pops, pick and rolls. You know, you've seen that before where he took Grant Williams completely out of a play strictly just sticking his ass out and tripping him up so like that's something that's just stuff that he's gonna do and so they have to be ready for that kind of thing outside of that yeah I think Kevin Love is also someone I'd worry about when you talk about leaving open shooters I think that's something that schematically the Celtics try and do they say we can live with three-point shots when PJ Tucker's taking them I it still burned them a couple times but you, for the most part, it was a fair strategy. You cannot do that with Kevin Love. No. Kevin Love will hit those shots. You cannot right. do that. So they got to be ready to adjust to that. And I think that's why, you know, when I talk about before with their offense, you want to go ahead and try and take away pretty much everybody else, take away the three-point range, and, and just, you know, stick to your man and, and let Jimmy Butler beat you. In terms of the Celtics, for an X factor, I, since you already said Grant, because I think Grant is definitely a candidate for being an X-Factor in this series, I want to say Derek White. I think Ooh. Derek White is going to have a bounce-back series. And I think when you talk about these guards, right, because I think Miami's guard rotation with Kyle Lowry, like that's a guy who plays really good two-way basketball. And when his shot's on, his shot's on. In a lot of ways, I think Derek White falls in that same vein where he is defensively a menace. And when that three-point shot, when he hits those open looks and looks confident, he's a completely different player. So I want to see him bounce back. And I think he's going to have one game or two where he gets really, really hot from three. And he proves to be a massive difference because of that guard rotation. You're able to throw him out there um, as the second unit, too. So if if Miami's bench unit is not ready to handle the Celtics bench unit... Um, this is going to be a quick series. And that might actually be where it comes down to is the bench, like Miami's bench point. versus Boston's bench. Boston's bench comes out to play like. Yeah. And you, I mean, even if it's a three man rotation off the bench, you know, uh, again, if they start the double bigs, which I believe that's what they're going to be doing. Yes, sir. It's get, confirmed. And you're okay. And then you get Brogdon, you get white and you get Grant Williams. I think that's all you need. That's Unless really solid. Yeah, unless unless there's some type of foul trouble situation early for Rob, uh, and then you need to sub in one of those other big candidates, like one of the other other guys, you know, kind of like to relieve some of that and and not get your your you know Al Horford into foul trouble as well. So that's why they're available. But I think that's your rotation. I think those three guys would be cool. And the thing, the reason why I love Grant's because now you got to force somebody to play big enough on him if he's on that floor and so like when they're doing their their roles they're doing their picks and they're doing all those screens and he's open in the corner all i'm asking grant to do is shoot the shot i don't care if it doesn't go in that's the look you want every single time and we've seen him turn up in the playoffs with that shot i just feel like he's going to give you three of those games three Amen to that. And uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Vitamin C's. Again, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, we will join you again after game one, uh, Wednesday. That's a Wednesday tip-off, Eastern Standard Time at 8.30 p.m. All the games are going to be 8.30. I'm sorry for everybody who needs to get some sleep. That's just how it is. I don't make the times. Uh, I will tell you about them, though, when they are. And other than that, it's a wrap for today. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook.